0: Hello everyone, thank you for coming back to the Full of Joy podcast today. I am so excited for today's guest that I just want to get into it. So before we get started, please take a screenshot of today's episode if you are loving it and tag me on Instagram, tag me at Francesca X or at Full of Joy podcast and I'm going to do a quick giveaway for you guys. So anyone that reposts this episode and shares your biggest takeaways will win my recipe ebook called Seeds of Joy. So go ahead, share it, tag me, tag the guest of this episode, Michelle, and one of you will win my Seeds of Joy recipe ebook. So I am so excited for today's episode. We have Dr. Michelle Khan on today. So Michelle is the real deal. She is actually a doctor turned health and wellness coach and her story to get here is so vulnerable and beautiful. So she is an advocate for the mindset that doctors don't make you healthy, you make you healthy and she will hold your hand and guide you along that personal journey. Dr. Michelle will take us through wellness from a holistic medicine point of view. You with actionable steps to make health simple. So let's jump into today's episode. Get out your pen and paper because Michelle shares so many, you know, good tips and advice and wisdom. And you can tell it's from a very genuine, heartfelt place. She talks about freedom. She talks about being who you are. So let's jump in. I was just scrolling through your website and I'm just so excited to chat with you. Like, I think so much of my personal like life journey would have benefited from knowing you sooner. (laughs) So I'm so excited to hear just your take on everything. And I know that everyone that's going to listen to this will also benefit so much. So.
1: I agree. I think it's such a, big, scary world of information out there. And you can get so confused by all of this input. And so if you have someone on your side to just walk you through these things and to give you insight that like traditional medicine isn't always giving you, or you don't even know where to seek out, it really helps you get better in touch with your own body. And that's what anyone wants, right? In this whole, like seeking wellness lifestyle that we're in, if you don't have the right guidance or the right tools to actually accomplish that, it goes out the window. That mission goes out the window. And that's what I'm definitely all about. I just want to walk with people so that they can get a better handle and autonomy over their own health.
0: Yes. Yes. Because like there are so many options, like there, there is so much info. So it's like, how do we choose what's right for us? How do we like tap into what's right for our body? So yeah, let's just jump into this. So Sure. I'm so thankful to have you on the podcast. Like I said, we're going to learn so much from you today. So, um take us back. Take us back to the beginning. Like how did you get started? How did tell us about the transition from being a doctor to now a health and wellness coach? Take tell us all of it. Yeah.
1: I would love to. I have a pretty unique story because it's not often that you meet someone who did go through the entire process of becoming a doctor and then just left. And I actually didn't even practice medicine in Canada independently because when it came down to, you know, just pulling the plug of applying to residency, going into the workforce, I couldn't do it. And I guess my story really started, I would say halfway through medical school where I was so used to just following a very regimented cookie cutter routine of I was born into a family where medicine was going to be the goal. That was what my calling was. It it wasn't really a choice. It was just, you know, that's the most prestigious career or, you know, that's the one where you will have the most financial stability, hopefully. So let's go and pursue that. And that's what I did. So I never really stopped ever for a moment to think, who am I? What am I good at? What makes me tick? Why do I even want to be a doctor? Why am I in this rat race? And so halfway through medical school, after, you know, a whole lifetime of just hustling, hustling, hustling through school, my mom got very, very, very sick. She was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and she was 32 at the time. MS, for anyone who doesn't know, is a autoimmune disease where essentially the insulation around your nerves starts to degrade and it's your body that's actually degrading it. It's attacking its own insulation. And if you can imagine like the way that insulation holds heat within your house, the same idea applies. That same insulation its called myelin. It holds the nerve signal inside the nerve. And so if you don't have insulation, the nerve signal can't make it from point A to point B. So then anything can happen from your vision changing to your taste of Uh, your taste or your sense of smell changing to your motor function, to your, your bowel control, your bladder control, everything can go down the drain. And that's really what happened to my mom. And I was 21 at the time. I am the oldest daughter of our family and I was living in Ireland. So at this time, it was kind of like a big wake up moment for me. I had to be put into the first challenge, honestly, that I had ever faced in life. I grew up quite blessed. I never was forced to deal with the realities of life because my, my family had always sheltered me from it in the hopes that, you know, I would just focus on academics and become it, become something. You know, they had sacrificed so much to give us the life that we had that they didn't want me to have to worry about any of that. And finally, it came a time where there was no choice. I did have to face these things. And I didn't navigate it too well. I was sitting in Ireland, and I went out of my mind trying to understand how I was going to take care of my mom. How could I sit there, you know, going to class and going through the motions and trying to live a typical student's lifestyle when my mom, my my best friend, was at home suffering. And it just came to a point where I really got sick myself. Um, my health already coming up to this point had not been good and that's a whole separate story, but it was just a big cascade of events where finally around 2011, I would say, I just said, you know what, I cannot do this, I need to pause on life. And so I left medical school, I moved home, and I just committed a whole year. I didn't know what I was going to do afterwards. I didn't know if I was going to go back. I didn't know you know, what my life was going to look like. I just knew I needed to go and be with my mom. And it just so happened that in my mission of being home, I'm so used to being a student. I'm so used to being an academic. I researched everything. and. I started researching ways in which we could help her because she really didn't like the meds that she was on and they weren't helping her either. And I just wanted to do something alongside of that regime to help her recover. Mm. And so I ended up putting together somewhat of a protocol. It wasn't really a protocol at at the time, but it was just a way that we were going to eat, which was going to support her body and support her condition and help her recover, ideally. And it did. We did it for a year, I did it with her. It was a heavily anti-inflammatory diet. We focused on flooding her with micronutrients. We worked on her macronutrients as well. We took away anything that was going to create a deficit in her body. And we added things that were going to energize her cells, give her body the fuel that it needed to put itself back together and stop attacking itself. And it worked. And by the end of that year, my mom came off of her meds and she went from being this close to being either, you know, completely bedridden or paralyzed or lost to us, to being fully functioning again. And her, you know, depression went away and she was finally back to being her radiant 33 year old self. She was very, very young. And I just thought that that was, yeah, it was such a, such a beautiful thing to live through, to see her I know you're close with your mom too. Like when you watch them suffer, all of a sudden it brings their, you know, mortality back to you. And it's not a fun realization to go through that at all. Mm -hmm. So when you're able to then watch them flourish, it's so fulfilling and it just gives you so much more appreciation for life. So essentially that happened. I went back to medical school. I graduated, became a full-fledged doctor and I moved home, but in the midst of all of this, as I was going through my schooling, there was always this nagging feeling that was inside me where I didn't quite fit in. I didn't quite thrive in medicine. And I was constantly blaming myself. I was saying, you know, I'm just not cut out for academia. I am not smart enough. I'm not focused enough. There's something wrong with me. And I was never once, you know, even allowing myself the opportunity to think, Maybe I am, maybe I am all of these things. Maybe I am brilliant. Maybe I am hardworking. Maybe I can thrive anywhere, but this just isn't my place. This isn't my calling. And I never allowed myself to think that way. So when I came home, I actually took a year. I went and I did a post-grad and I just allowed myself time to think because I thought, you know, I cannot throw myself into residency at this time. It's too overwhelming. And i'm going to continue in this rat race that i've already been in for 20 some years for the rest of my life and i just need to pause again for a second time and as i did i decided to work on some passion projects one of which was creating youtube videos i never meant for youtube or instagram or anything to be a big thing in any way it was just something that i did for fun and while i was going through all of this inward reflection, I thought, let me create this content that I love to share, which was at the time it was just putting health in layman's terms or putting like skincare was my big focus in layman's terms. You know, when you go to the store and you're buying a product and it's supposed to be hydrating and it's supposed to be anti-aging and it's supposed to give you the best glow of your life. I wanted to share like, what are the actual ingredients in there that are going to accomplish this? Or do they not even exist in this project uh, product and are they false claims? So I started creating videos on that and somehow it just took off as this was happening. I was like, why don't I share content of that big anti-inflammatory project that I had done years ago and put that out into the world too, because it's such valuable information to realize how our food industry is rigged against us and how that affects long-term health. At the time, I was just worried about like, you know, skin hair appearance level of things I wasn't digging any deeper but the more I started to do it the more it gained traction and for the first time in my life I have felt excitement to wake up in the morning and do something and I know that that sounds like such a big claim like how is it possible that you never woke up with excitement before but I I can't actually pinpoint any moment that I did I used to wake up dreading the routine that I was in, dreading the rat race that I was a part of. And I was miserable. And I didn't know that I was miserable until I felt what joy feels like. My life was not full of joy (laughs) before. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, this is what it feels like to be excited about a project. This is what it feels like to want to commit to something for the rest of your life. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you couldn't even see your future because it just seemed bleak or you couldn't visualize yourself in it. That was me. And, you know, the next thing, you know, I pulled a plug on residency. I said, my body is rejecting this world. I finally have a taste of something and I don't know where it's going to go because no one tells you. (laughs) And I'm sure other people can relate. No one tells you how to you know, build a business from scratch, especially when you've been so in a different world your entire life. Mm -hmm. And especially in medicine, no one ever tells you about, you know, anything outside just being a doctor. There's no alternative paths really that are discussed. And I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I knew with so much conviction in my heart that there was something there. And I threw myself into it. Now we're over, oh my gosh, we're almost a year and a half later. Fully thriving in my business, I get to work with people all day long and help them actually reverse chronic disease where they're not getting those results from traditional medicine. And most importantly, just make their body respond to them for the first time in their lives, sometimes putting their health autonomy back into their hands instead of them, you know, flying blind or flying confused their whole lives. And it is the best thing that I've ever done.
0: Oh my gosh. What a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing all of that with us. I have a lot of questions now. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, what a beautiful example of, you know, just listening to yourself and allowing yourself to kind of go on whatever journey you're meant to go on. Um, And, you know, yeah, just allowing yourself to be who you actually are that's so hard Mm -hmm. to do, especially when there's expectations, whether it's personal expectations or family or societal. So I commend you for being that example for all of us. And then also I kind of want to ask about inflammation. So I think that that's something that obviously affects so much of us. So like what, if you could simplify, (laughs) what are some ways that you think, um, like most people like us listening, um, are creating inflammation in our bodies that we might not even realize. And then what are some ways to kind of help combat those?
1: Sure. Absolutely. Inflammation is, is an interesting topic because it is a very key part of our immune system. Inflammation is a good thing in a lot of cases, in majority of cases, it's how your body responds to stresses, responds to injury and helps you heal. But the problem arises when that inflammation is out of control or it's prolonged, it becomes chronic and it doesn't shut off. You know, when you have a wound on your on your skin, for example, you need inflammation to come in, shuttle all the cells that you need to actually rebuild that site of injury and then turn off. And the mm-hmm. issue happens when it doesn't. And there's a lot of ways in which inflammation is propagated in our day-to-day life. It's stress, it's poor sleep, it's emotional dysregulation, it's pollution, it's UV radiation. It's a lot of things. But the biggest proponent of, of inflammation in a negative sense is by far food. And food is so complicated because, of course, food is... social centerpiece for us it complements some of the greatest moments of our lives and it brings us together but every single meal is an opportunity to either step closer to health or evade it there's no such thing as a neutral meal and i think at least our generation kind of grew up in a world where our elders, our parents were tasked with survival. They were tasked with immigration. They were tasked with a lot of challenges that we maybe have not even seen and might never see. And so the idea of, you know, where does food come from? What are its long-term consequences was never even a concern. Only now is it a topic of discussion. Where does our food come from? What are the actual qualities of it? not all food is created equal and I think more and more because we're seeing this huge wave of chronic disease and illness just wipe the earth we're now cued into investigating it more that okay there is something here and you know processed food which is a a big bulk of our diets especially in North America clearly is not serving us because that population is also showing the most signs of illness than anywhere else in the world and so That is really where my focus lies, food, and how that influences um, inflammation. Now, really, any kind of food might disagree with you. And so food sensitivities are quite complicated. But for the most part, you can simplify it into a couple categories. Processed food, hands down. If it's not real food, if it's lab grown, if it's genetically modified, if it's engineered, if it's sprayed with all these pesticides, your body is not going to know what the heck to do with it. So even if it's this beautiful apple or a beautiful punnet of berries, even though they should provide you with so much nutritional value, if they've been sprayed down and if they've been modified or hybridized and just not grown the natural way that our ancestors would have grown them. They're actually seen as these foreign invaders in our gut. And that triggers an inflammatory response because your body thinks, whoa, I'm at war. I need to jump to action to rid my human of whatever this foreign invader is. Um, Similarly, there's a a few big categories that are very inflammatory, uh, probably across the board grain is one of them but more specifically gluten grain especially in north america just because of the way that it's grown it's genetically modified and hybridized what they actually did years ago was because our population was so vast and because things like betty crocker and you know if you think back to growing up and when you saw tony the tiger commercials the ideal breakfast was like kellogg's flakes and toast and a bagel and a muffin and like a hundred other grain items and because that was made the norm, all of a sudden the food industry is like racing to keep up with the demand because that became the basis of our diets and it can't do that if it's going to naturally grow these these um, this wheat and this grain. And so what they did was they actually hybridized two grains in order to make one that grows, regardless of the temperature or the climate that it's in, um, and it grows faster and it can be utilized more. But the problem there is it's artificial. And so that grain is now used in so much of the products or so many of the products rather that we eat, but our body sees it as this thing that it's never been exposed to before, similar to a virus. I know viruses are a big topic these days, but very similar to that, Our body sees it and it goes, I don't know what to do with you. I don't know how to utilize you. So I'm not going to draw any nutrient value from you. And I'm going to create an inflammatory response in your gut because I'm just trying to get rid of whatever you put in me. Dairy does the same thing where dairy as a baseline is full of so many hormones and um, it, it causes this mucosal increase in your body. So anyone with asthma or anyone with any digestive concerns, they'll notice dairy does really, really bad for them. And it's because your mucus actually thickens when you have it. But also dairy is, or the cows are full of extra hormones that are put into the cows in order to make them reproduce more and then create more milk for the industry. And so it's a very uphill battle. And then those are the big, the big, Two, I would say, but other than that, sugar, um, other than that, inflammatory oil. So, I just said grain, dairy, sugar, inflammatory oil. Are those not the basis of the modern American diet? And then, what we use as condiments are things like our little berries on the side. You know, our a couple of slices of a fruit on the side that is a complement to all those other inflammatory ingredients that we have eaten. And so remember what I said earlier was every single meal is your opportunity to step closer or step further away from health. And so if constantly our body is flooded with these ingredients that are not serving us, then not only are we not getting nutrients, but we're not even able to absorb nutrients because there's many reactions going on throughout our body. And I guess long story short, it's just a matter of you taking the time to understand you because what is perfect For Francesca is not perfect for Michelle, is not perfect for the next girl, is not perfect for the next man. And so it is a very unique interplay of your life history and your medication history and your concerns that goes into regulating what actually serves your body and what's not and what doesn't.
0: Yes. Wow. So interesting. More questions. I want to ask (laughs) about gut health. Mm
1: hmm.
0: And also maybe these are different questions. Maybe you can kind of intertwine these. So I know that with the year that it's been, there has been, at least in my house, (laughs) a lot of like emotional eating um, for comfort or whatever it is. Um, And personally, I don't know if, if you had followed me for this long, but I had had like health issues in the past. So food and Um, you know, medical, medical things are kind of triggering for me. So this year was like, oh my gosh, just one big trigger. So yeah. So how would you, would, would you have any tips on kind of like getting yourself into a place where you just believe that you have enough self-worth to choose the healthier option when even like emotionally you're like, oh my gosh, I need this bagel. Um, Yeah. Do you have any tips on combating that?
1: you know it's so it's such a sensitive thing to bridge this topic because of course what one person's experience is in this in this topic is so unique to the next but what i will say is a lot of the times our reactions to emotional stress or physical stress or whatever it is that leads us down this pathway of this is how I'm going to respond, I need that bagel, or I need to go get McDonald's, or I need to just do something that's comforting to me. It's just our childhood trauma response of feeling safe again. And for some reason, those things are are locked into our psyches as being the things that are comforting. As adults, when we have the capacity to, you know, when you're in the thick of it, I completely understand. I do it too. Everyone does it. You have your responses, you do what feels safe to you, and I encourage that actually. No one expects you to be a perfectionist at all times. Life is hard, especially this last year, it's been super challenging. And what I will say though is, once you can step out of that fog that's really, really heavy and challenging you, if you can sit back and reflect and say, I'm gonna consider how I'm showing up in my life, what, makes me feel full. And full doesn't just mean food-wise, but what makes me feel fulfilled? What makes me feel vibrant? What makes me feel connected? What makes me feel satisfied, food or otherwise? Write those things down. And once you can really pinpoint what makes you feel fueled, you also start shifting those automatic responses that you had before that might've led you down the path of the comfort food that maybe isn't as great for you to a comfort food that is going to fuel you. And at the same time ask, what makes me feel empty? What makes me feel like I'm lacking? What makes me feel stressed? What makes me feel like I'm in difficulty? What makes me feel like there's a resistance in my day? And then sit back and truly reflect on the things that you might be able to remove, even if it is something that feels like an insurmountable thing that you cannot step away from. Maybe take a day to yourself and say, What is the worst thing that will happen if I, you know, don't show up to this or ask someone for an extra day to you know fulfill something that I'm due for or What's gonna happen if I you know, sleep a little bit extra today? What's gonna to happen if I just escape and have a self-care day? And allow you, yourself to have that ability to recoup. The world is going to never answer these questions for you. And the more that we deny ourselves answering these things for ourselves, the more we're actually choosing to continue to allow it. And it's never going to be easy. It's never going to be easy for the first time to say, you know what, I can't do this. I need to, you know, rework this in my life, whatever the situation is, and figure out a way to bridge that concern in a way that serves you. Because at the end of the day, you might, you know, this might have to do with work. It might have to do with financial responsibility, familial responsibility, so on and so forth. But if you are depleted at the end of doing all that, then you're not serving anyone. And at some point, you will hit a limit. You will hit Mm -hmm. a wall. And it's better that way before you hit that wall, you take a moment to rewind, pause, reflect, and put your wellness first so that you can show up better for work, so that you can show up better for your children, your spouse, your family, whatever it is. And in that way, you start to gain back a little bit of control over your body. The more we, you know, it's hard because you you want to have all this control over your body, but you also want to keep performing at the pace that you've been performing. And one thing has to give. And mm-hmm. so either, and I actually think this year is the prime time to start prioritizing wellness because everyone mostly is understanding that we all need a little bit of extra love right now. And so if you can take now as the opportunity to say, I'm going to shift the way that things work. Like maybe you've been working from home and you're dreading having to go back to a workplace that you were not thriving in. Take the steps to advocate for yourself. This is just a random example, but take the steps to advocate for yourself and say, this is where I can perform better for you and for me. And so I'm going to advocate, speak up and put this step forward. Otherwise we end up in this endless cycle of, What's the one thing of the two that's going to give, and it's always going to be us, and we do have that choice.
0: Mm-hmm. Beautifully said. I love how you said, like, the world will never answer those questions for you; only you can answer them. Such yeah. a good journal prompt. Um, so, I know that in my life, I've personally seen like how much I can benefit from having um, someone advocate for me, or someone be a support for me, or hold me accountable. So, can you kind of take us through, like, with your health coaching, what that process kind of looks like, what we could expect from that,
1: all that. Absolutely. So one of my favorite things that I get to do now as a health coach is I get to spend so much time with my clients developing the most intimate relationship. My clients are all around the world and we meet on Zoom. We don't ever get to meet face-to-face simply because of COVID, but you know, it also allows me to work with anyone in the world. And what's so cool is, you know, from being in traditional medicine, I know the drill, you go in, it's a 10-15 minute appointment, and it's very hard in those 10-15 minutes to even draw out what's really going on, you know, and it's very hard also as a patient to open up and share what's really going on. If someone comes in for with a headache, how much time will it take to get to the bottom of you know, maybe you're going through a relationship stress. Maybe someone in your life has passed away. Maybe you're really struggling with self-doubt and insecurities. And maybe that is causing lack of sleep or something else that is then triggering your headache. But the traditional route will just say, well, here's a pill, take it. But it doesn't ever get to the root of what's making you feel this way in the first place. So from the jump, I get to spend a good hour and a half, honestly, sometimes two hours with my clients, just going through a deep dive of their health history. So we talk about everything from, you know, how old were you when you started puberty? What was your high school experience like? When was the last time that you felt exuberantly happy? even down to very, very nitty gritty details, like the color and shape of your stool or your periods, or, you know, all these things that you might never think to ask, because that's not maybe the focus of why you're coming to me, but it's very important to you and your identity. And so after that, when I get to then formulate a plan on, so I have two different plans. One of them is based off of blood work and one isn't. And actually right now, hundred percent of my clients are on the one based off of blood work. So that also helps matters where I get to actually take a thorough look at what's going on as far as organ function. And then when we start working together, everybody has text access to me. So no matter what happens along the way, whether it's, you know, I need to fly out of state to go to this event. How do I bridge this? I fell off because I had a couple emotional days. How do I bridge this? you have someone all the way along holding your hand because you know that confusion that we were talking about, it will deter any progress that you've made. The moment that you start, and it's very natural, the moment that you start feeling like oh, I messed up once, it's just this endless you know, cycle of, well, I may as well give up now. And then we end up in this yo-yo pattern on our health journey. And what really helps is having someone do it with you, a mom, a sister, a best friend, a buddy, whoever it is. But it's also nice to have someone who is not a part of your intimate life, not you know, biased in any way and is solely there to support you on your journey. Keep it real with you. There are times where I have to keep it real with kindness always because I think empathy is super important in, in this entire realm. But I think the biggest the biggest factor that drives the success of my clients is our friendship. Them feeling like they can come to me with absolutely anything and that I'm never going to be in a position to judge ever. I also share my, you know, down days all the time. And so I think the more honest you can be and the most person, the more personable you can be, the more it allows everyone to come forward with their true selves and the more we can understand where we are right now and who we are that's the only way we can be at a position to move forward otherwise we're always just going to be working against ourselves and so hopefully that answers your question a little bit i tend to ramble a lot but um (laughs) but i i What I do as a coach is really just develop that relationship with you so that we can understand behind the scenes what's going on, you know, because it's not always something that you're ready to admit. It's not always something that you're even aware of. And it takes time and that honesty and ongoing communication to get to a point where you're saying, wow, okay, I need to reflect on this aspect of my life. And now I can actually do something about it.
0: Wow. I mean, that sounds like something anybody, <laughs> anybody and everybody needs to do. Um, also, I kind of want to switch gears a little bit and ask about the, I guess, business side of or the online side of what yeah. you do. Did you have any mentors um, where you were like, okay, I like what she's doing. How am I going to now do something like that? Like, did you have any mentors or courses you took on how to build that clientele from an online standpoint?
1: You know, it's interesting when I first started, I think I was almost ashamed to admit what I was doing because I had put so much value in my being a doctor and working as a doctor that I almost wasn't ready to admit that I wasn't going to do it anymore. For some reason, even though I had so much conviction for what I was doing, it felt like a little bit of a failure, I suppose, at the time to not do what I had set out to do initially. And so I didn't talk to a lot of people. And now in retrospect, I'm like, dang, I wish I had because I could have learned so much earlier on. But there are couples people that I spoke to that really, really empowered me. And number one is Drew Pruitt, Drew Pruitt works with Dr. Mark Hyman. And Dr. Mark Hyman is a leader in functional medicine. He works at the Cleveland Clinic. He is a traditionally trained doctor too. And he's a functional medicine practitioner. And he's just amazing. Drew is someone that I reached out to because he does a lot of work um, through podcasts as well, where he connects with a lot of different thought leaders in the industry and picks their brain. He's kind of like, an online encyclopedia of all this information that I'm obsessed with. And so I reached out to him um, when I was first even thinking of starting this. And I said, this is my situation. Can you please help me? And it was like a quick DM. I really didn't even know if he was ever going to see it. And Drew responded to my DM. Yes. But he even was like, let's schedule a call. Let's talk you through this. And he supported me a hundred percent. And he actually set me up with a lot of legal advice, a lot of um, even the documentation that I needed to protect myself, you know, because it is complicated to go from, I want to keep the doctor in my name, but I'm not practicing as a doctor. So how do I differentiate that? How do I make sure that everything is above board and everyone knows exactly who I am and what I'm not? Um, And so off the bat, absolutely him. And then Mona Vand, Mona Vand is a pharmacist, Um, by training, but she creates content now too, and also creates content around skincare, food, wellness, lifestyle, all the things that I love. And I really, really enjoyed how she carried herself and was able to present this information in a way that was easy to digest. It was beautiful to look at. So it kept your attention as well. Everything was very well researched, but also she puts things in actionable terms. So it's not over your head and overwhelming Mm -hmm. and actually you as well, because even even in your day-to-day vlogs, even in your stories, even in the way that you show up in photographs, you radiate authenticity and a prioritization of wellness. And that to me, it's a mission of mine to be the embodiment of wellness. And I see you as the embodiment of wellness. And this is like, I would be saying this, even if I wasn't here sitting with you, honest to goodness, I would never just say that for the sake of it. Truly, you were my inspiration. And for that, I just want to say thank you, because whether you know it or not, which I I hope that you do, I hope that you do, because I know there's, there's so much feedback that you get all of the time, but truly, you're changing lives that you're changing lives of people whose names you might not even know, whose existence you may not even know. And this is all happening behind the scenes. So I hope you know that you are that light for so many people. And wherever I am today, in a big part, it was driven by the work that you do. Oh my
0: gosh, I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's so of nice course. to hear. Oh gosh, I just relate to you so much.
1: But you know what? Like you've been through such a journey too and you've been so vulnerable with everyone about it. Like I haven't been that vulnerable. There's so many aspects of my journey that I don't get to share until I talk to someone right. like this. Right. And I really think it's so beautiful. It's like a different level of awakening when you're able to just accept who you are, share it with the world. Cause Lord knows it's super hard to share it with the world every single day. I don't know how you do it. Kudos to you, mad respect. But um, yeah, I just wanted to let you know that.
0: Thank you. So, you have given us so much good advice. Um, But, do you want to leave us with anything kind of like imagine your younger self or someone who feels like they're behind you or want to be where you are? Do you have any advice to leave us with?
1: In today's world, you are faced with so much input of information, whether it's from loved ones or teachers or people that you aspire to be like. And it's very easy to get lost in the pressure of that all. And as much as life is short, I want to remind you that life is so valuable too. And it's so precious. And we could choose to just race through life, you know, accolade after accolade and that being our goalpost always, or we could stop to smell the roses. And I know that's such an oversimplification of things. It's very complicated. I completely respect and understand that. And even when I was younger, I would have been like, <laughs> how, how is that even possible? But it is, I would say to my younger self, take time to get to know you, not you know, who your peers want you to be and not who you think you should be, not who your parents might encourage you to be, sit down, write it in a page or a note on your phone or something, your ideal future and sit back and reflect on what you do every single day that shows up as that person. And if there's nothing, then maybe we pick one thing to show up as that person. And that person doesn't have to be you know, set in stone. You get to develop who you wanna be as you go. I think everyone has this preconceived notion that you have to have a plan and you have to gun towards that plan. And if you ever waver, then that's a failure. I was that person too but you're not a failure. Life is all about the ebbs and flows. Life is all about the learning moments, the beautiful journeys. You never know where you're going to meet the love of your life. You never know where you're going to meet someone that's going to change the trajectory of your health or your career, or you never know what's going to happen to you physically as a body. And I think it's so important to focus on Instead of fighting who you are all of the time, which I've noticed a lot of our youth do, mm-hmm. just show that same commitment to who you wake up as, just for a moment. Just think about it. Don't even, you don't even have to do it. Just think about it for a moment. What would that look like? What would that take away from you? And I think when you start to get comfortable in your skin, which is the number one priority, then you start to think clearly on okay, now how do I want to live my life in a way that is going to make me happy, is going to serve me. And it doesn't matter what title it involves. It doesn't matter where in the world you live. It doesn't matter you know, what your circumstances are, what your financial situation is. Your happiness and your health has to come above all because I promise you, you could have the world at your feet, but if you're unhappy, it's going to feel like nothing's at your feet. And if you're unhealthy, that's a whole different, Ball game, and you never want to reach a point in your life where you have that regret. I think there's this, um, there's this maybe a quote, or maybe it's even a meme, I'm not sure. But they 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 uh <laughs> interviewed people in an old folks' home and they asked them what's their number one regret in life, and these men and women that had lived long fruitful lives like from all different walks of life some had traveled some hadn't some had made a lot of money some hadn't some had been really successful some had been you know something that maybe you wouldn't consider the traditional successful definition but all of them said I wish I had loved myself more I wish I had traveled more I wish I had not put everything in the bank, I'd actually enjoyed my life more, and I think obviously this all comes with a little bit of a balance. But just allow yourself the freedom to be you and to enjoy life in even the small ways. And if you can do that, then by the time it comes to the point where you have dependence or you know life is at a completely different chapter, you're going to feel so much peace within your own body that you'll better be able to manage those ebbs and flows instead Mm -hmm. of feeling like you're you know thrown for a loop after years and years of doing things in a certain way and now you don't know how to handle them so Mm -hmm. yeah I think at the baseline my life my life's reflection would be prioritize wellness prioritize self-love in any way that you can even if you don't want to be loud about it you can keep it inside you but that is your safety net always and if you can do that then I think you can lead a pretty great life
0: oh my gosh I just need to print this out and put it on my wall <laughs> oh so well said so beautiful amazing advice I know that so many people listening to this are going to want to work with you and follow you so where can we find you how can we get involved tell us
1: all of it Sure. Um, So my Instagram is probably the most common place where people find me. It's just at Dr. Michelle Khan. So it's D-R-M-A-S-H-A-L-K-H-A-N. Um, and then I also have my website, www.drmichelle.com And that's where you can look at my services, you can book discovery calls, you can talk to me without committing to anything. And those are completely free. Um, and I also have YouTube, which I'm not that active on, but I'm coming back to, I'm in the, I'm actually traveling right now and I'm creating content. So I'm very, very excited about that. And, um, I would say those are my, those are my three main places.
0: Perfect. Well, of course I will link all those down below. And again, thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom and knowledge and insight. You're such a breath of fresh air. And I'm just so thankful that we have women like you that we can rely on and look to for support and advice. So thank you so much, Michelle. This was such a beautiful chat.